Hey guys, and welcome back. Hey there. How's your summer going? It's starting to get warm. <laughs> <laughs> starting to get warm. Yeah. You can tell that um, you're not in Alabama. I know. <laughs> our summer starting to get warm is like January. Um, <laughs> there, yeah. There's no. We were. My husband and I were talking about this. Talking about it this weekend. That there's like no um, in between, really. Yeah. <laughs> like. It's cold or it's scorching. Yeah. It is currently um, 94. Yeah. And the heat index is like over 100 degrees. I think one day last week we hit 114 on the heat index. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It is so hot. And we went out on the boat this weekend and we weren't even out there very long. We went crabbing. And we went early. It said we were going to get to our spot at like 7.51 in the morning. So we get there. It's probably set up and everything between 8.15-ish. We're done by 9.30 because we've like ran out of the chicken that we were using. But we were all sweating down already. And we'd only been out there, you know, an hour. We were like, just run the boat and get the wind. (laughs) It's really only in our mid-80s right now. Sorry. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that would be like that would probably be yeah. great. You know, I don't like cold weather yeah. though. I almost would rather it, and I say this being somebody who works inside most of the time. So obviously, um, I just I don't like cold weather yeah. at all. I'm not a super fan of it. But... Yeah, and you get snow. Yeah, you know, I don't. We don't even know what that really is. I here. bet. Yeah, I mean, in other places mm. like North. Alabama, there's snow. Mm-hmm. So I'm in South Alabama. And I remember one time driving to my grandmother's because snow is going to be coming in. And my son was little at the time. And we knew there was like a small chance that we would actually get snow mm-hmm. here. But we did actually get some. and But we were driving in it up to my grandmother's so that it would be more for him to be able to play in. Whenever you think there's going to be like ice on the road, right? People don't know how to, people can't drive here in regular conditions. So when they think there's going to be snow, they really close it down. And I remember my boss looking at me like, Have you lost your mind <laughs> driving somewhere else so that you can see more <laughs> snow? <laughs> you know, it's kind of a novel thing if you don't get it very often. Yeah. Um, we we actually are in South Washington, so it's not as bad as like if you were in Eastern Washington, where there's more mountains and the temperatures usually get a little cooler up in the mountains. Yeah, tomorrow for the Fourth of July, it's going to be warm for us. It's going to be in like the mid nineties, which is not not as hot as you. But <laughs> let's see, it says tomorrow is supposed to be ninety three. So we're going to be warmer than you. Is the high? Well. I know that everybody's kind of dreading it because of the fireworks and things, so. Yeah, we've got rain for, like, the rest of the week scheduled. Hmm. So that always tends to, like, drop the temperature just a little bit because it kind of brings the humidity down a little. So we had a couple of things that we wanted to talk about. We won't be having a regular episode this week. That's one of the announcements. But um, first, we wanted to talk about some big news that came out last week. Yeah. So, Many of you um, who are listening may remember that in episode five, we covered the cases of Monica and Dalton Rowland, who were murdered in 2002 in their Heflin home. And 
Captain Bonner was really one of the first investigators that we talked to that kind of gave us the time of day. Right. It's great. Yes. And we tell everybody how much we just really like him. He's a hard worker. And we're not lying when we say that. When we talked to him that day, we both just thought, God, if we could just clone him, that would be amazing. No. Because he worked so hard. And he didn't have their case the whole time. He didn't get it until I think he told us somewhere in the late 2010s. It wasn't a closed case, but it wasn't really open either. I'm not even really sure how he got it. I think it just came across his desk and he wanted to kind of move it into an active investigation. At least that was kind of the understanding that I got from it. And we knew at the time that there was a person of interest. We didn't know who because he didn't want to share information that could possibly mess up the investigation or any potential future criminal charges. And that's understandable. You know, we get that a lot when we actually get to talk to the investigators. Right. So we've been anxiously awaiting the news that they released last week, which was that an arrest had finally been made. And it was kind of funny because we, you know, you kind of anticipate it for a while when you have a conversation like that. And then it didn't happen for a while. So I was like, you know, I kind of not forgot about it, but it just kind of took me off guard when we saw. Well, I kept thinking that when we had talked to him, that he had maybe mentioned something about, you know, hopefully we'll have some more information. I think he said in like May or something like that. Yeah. So it was kind of like a countdown at that point. I just kept looking and um, we never did hear anything, but we actually do still talk to Captain Bonner kind of frequently. He really is phenomenal. He offered if we ever had any cases that we needed an investigator's viewpoint on. He was more than willing to help us out on that point. But he's always willing to offer any advice that he thinks could help us in our research or help the families. Um, He's offered before to help us on searches if we need it. And he really is just a really wonderful guy. So I've just kind of been waiting to see like, okay, when's it coming? But you don't want to ask him like, hey, what's the update on this? Because you don't want to bug people about it. Right. And given that he's been so good about you know, talking with us. Yeah, you know that he's working. Like, you knew he was working on it, even if it wasn't something that was being said all the time. Mm-hmm, it right. wasn't one of those things where there's just no information and there hasn't been information for years. Right. So, you know, at some point, something's going to come up. Mm-hmm. So, on June 30th, 2023, Heflin Police Department announced the arrest of Lewis Layden Spivey who had been in prison in Florida, serving a 15-year sentence for some unrelated charge. And they picked him up and brought him back. And because of Anaya's law, he's now going to be held with no bond, which I think is great. Yeah. Because this was a violent, brutal crime. It was, yeah. You know, this is somebody who really had, to me, is somebody who doesn't have a heart to do this. I'm 100% behind you. There's, you know, there's murders and there's child murders. And then there's both. And she was pregnant. Just, yeah. uh, Sorry. Yeah. It just bothers me very badly. Kids always bother me. But this, this was just a particularly brutal 
And I think what shocked me the most about it was that after he was arrested, he gave a full confession. That is weird to me. After all of this time, (laughs) all it took was them picking you up and you gave a full confession. Why could you not have done that earlier on to give the family the opportunity to start healing? And maybe it's because he thought he was going to get away with it. So then he didn't have to worry about it. I was just going to say, maybe he knew, he, maybe he knows now, maybe he knows what they have on him, you know, so to say, and knows that he's not going to get away with it. So he may as well fess up and brag. I don't know. I don't know what his confession was like. So yeah, I'm not sure what either, but I know that it is just the start of this journey. Right. Because they still have to go through a trial, obviously, unless, I guess, some deal is worked out. But I don't really see that happening. Right. You don't really get a deal on something like this. This is horrendous. Right. And you think about the family right now, you know, what they're going to start going through. You know, I'm sure it's a relief in some ways, but... You know, I, we've heard from many families that have gone through this once an arrest is made um, that it is the beginning of a whole other, you know, ordeal for them because they're going to have everything that has to do with the case is going to come up again and again until it's all done. Yeah, and now you kind of have to relive it to go through it. Yeah. the trial, yeah. and that's hard. It's been hard for 21 years now yeah and it's going to be hard until this is over with but I hope that this is the start of the family being able to make peace with what happened because I don't think there Mm -hmm. is closure you know maybe start their healing because that's a long time for no answers right you're kind of stuck until you have the answer you know yeah I think that unknowing is always the worst and I think For the families that haven't gotten to this point yet, this will be kind of a beacon of hope for them. I agree. To me, this just says it is never too late for justice. It's never too late to find those answers. And all it takes is really someone who is dedicated to getting those answers. So we really did want to give a special thank you to Captain Bonner and the Heflin Police Department. For being so dedicated to getting the answers for the Rollins family and for getting justice for Monica and Dalton. We also wanted to give you a short update, um, some unfortunate and sad news from the James family. Our case, George James, his mother, Tillis, contacted us last week, and unfortunately, her grandson, Derek, was involved in a fatal hit-and-run case last week. Um, And Derek is George's son. Right. And what is really kind of devastating, I think, for the family, even more so, is that he was only a year older than George when George went missing. Yeah. This has been really difficult for the family, obviously. And, you know, I read in one of the news articles from that area, the suspected vehicle in the hit and run was an F-250. Because apparently there was an F-250 pulling a camper that was captured on video traveling south um, just shortly after Derek was seen on the same camera. And then they said that that same F-250 was later captured on a camera north 
um, or no, maybe it was captured to start with a little further north. It had two operational headlights. And then after it passes that intersection where Derek had also been seen, it comes on another surveillance and it only has one headlight. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there was an F-250 pulling a camper. Um, if anybody has seen it, the, the F-250 was initially captured on a camera just north of Transmitter Road. So if anybody has any information about that, um, June 30th regarding the 250 or any information about the hit and run case whatsoever, make sure and contact the authority. Oh, this actually says um, that Florida Highway Patrol reported a search being done at St. Andrews State Park where they actually located the same truck and trailer with matching damage and that they're in the process of recovering the vehicle as evidence. Oh, that's So a- that was, you know, on June 30th. Oh. So that's good so news. that's great news, yeah. Um, oh, the hit and run actually occurred at North Highway 231 near Palo Alto Church of Christ. So if anybody was around that area last week and may have seen something, heard something, you know, just give a call to the Florida Highway Patrol. Absolutely. And, you know, turn that in. Um, In an unrelated case, we haven't covered this case before, but there was an Alabama mother who actually was reported missing in like October of 2021. Her name was Mary Elizabeth Isbell. And I think she also went by Beth Wright. Mm. Last week, they actually um, arrested two women and charged them with capital murder after a search team on June 20th found Mary Elizabeth's remains in Little River Canyon. Um, and this was the um, case where they thought that she was she had been pushed off of the cliffside or hillside. That's what they're saying. Yeah. They charged yeah. Loretta K. Carr um, with capital murder kidnapping. And said that she allegedly pushed Mary Elizabeth off a cliff sometime in October of 2021. And apparently um, a a tip came in, actually. And that's what led the search team to that Little River Canyon area. Um, And then the identification confirmation came in on Friday. The other woman was actually Jessie Eden Kelly, and she's been charged also with capital murder. And we don't have a lot of details about her, that part of it, do we yet? So we don't necessarily have a lot of information on that case right now. It wasn't one that had been sent to us, but that's going on our list just to kind of give an update and, you know, the information along with that so that anybody else who may have information can also call that in to the right. Calb County investigators. All right. Because even though there's been an arrest, they still need as much information as possible for the case. So. Another thing that we haven't talked about is, you know, they just had Joran Vandersloot extradited back to Alabama oh, on right, extortion yeah. charges. And so he's currently in Birmingham, but they did just actually grant a delay on his trial to give him time to prepare an adequate defense. Yeah. My hope is that he just decides that after all this time, it's really not worth it. He should probably just tell her family yeah. where she is. I wonder if he'll be able to get any kind of a deal if he tells them. I I just don't know that. I don't know. I'm possibly doubtful. I don't know. 
I don't know either. That, because really, that's what they want. That's really all they want. That's exactly why. I, yeah, that's why I was wondering because yeah. I don't think normally I would say no, but they've made it very clear that that's like the most important thing for them right now. But at the at the same time, you think about it too that what the things that he's put this family through with pretending like he was going to help and pretending like he was going to give them information and. It just makes it hard to trust anything that he says. Yes. How would they actually know? You wouldn't be able to give him or even put a deal on the table to consider because you wouldn't know whether he was actually giving you legitimate information. Yeah. I mean, I would think that they would have to actually find her. Yeah. For it to actually like, go for through. For it to actually, yeah. yeah. Like not, we're not going to just take it on your word. There's going right. to actually. You don't automatically get it. And then if, well, yeah. hopefully we'll find her. Yeah. So we also wanted to let you guys know that Unforgotten will be taking a two-week hiatus. As much as we value consistency and bringing you guys valuable content every week, we also recognize the importance of taking a break to kind of recharge and refocus. It's a lot doing the podcast, like researching everything to get it together, and also then going through and doing the post-recording, editing, and processing, and all of those things, which you know more about Stormy than <laughs> I do. Well, it is, it is a difficult, it, and it's not even so much, some of it is difficult, but it's, it's, some of it's just very time-consuming um, and takes a little bit of thought process, which, you know, when we've been as busy as we have and there's a lot been going on, you know, we just want to make sure that you guys are actually getting a good program. I mean, you know, we've had some uh, delays in the last couple of weeks and Obviously, those were two things like illness and things like that. Um, but that's part of the recharge, you know. And trying to do the podcast on top of actually running the page, too, is a lot. And we've gotten several messages recently about, you know, names that have been submitted to us and case cards that need to go up that we mm -hmm. need to go get those posted. We also need to get some things up on the website. You know, we do everything ourselves. So sometimes there's a little bit of a delay I understand backlogs happen because we are currently in one. Right. And Stormy and her husband really do an awesome job working on the podcast and getting that ready every week. And then I've kind of been running the website and trying to get that up and going as well. And it's a lot for the two of us, not that we're complaining at all, but yeah. we just, we appreciate y'all's patience whenever we are running a little bit behind but we wanted to take some time to get caught up on some of the things that we also need to do that aren't necessarily directly related to the podcast at this time, but maybe in the future on an episode when right. we get to that case. Exactly. Because we don't, what we don't want to happen is for the cases to start falling behind because the whole purpose that we started this was to raise awareness for the unsolved cases that are out there. But it, sometimes it feels like, with everything that's going on, that kind of gets set aside. And it's not that we're not working on it. I can't think of a single day since we started last May that we haven't done something related to the cases, whether that's yeah. just networking to try to get new resources um, for families to use or make and build relationships with some of the law enforcement agencies look for new avenues that maybe haven't been explored in certain investigations and things like that Just to really try to propel these forwards. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's not that we're not working on it at all. We still want to make sure that we're giving adequate attention to the best of our ability. Right. 
And I know that with the podcast, we've kind of said, um, you know, how we've been going through the counties more or less alphabetically for the most part. Um, and that's kind of where we've been focusing, getting the cases up on the website as well, um, because of we are so backlogged that, you know, it's easiest to focus on the ones that we have in front of us right at the moment, um, which is, of course, why we want to get caught up on the website a bit more. Um, but for those who are wondering, you know, why we don't have some of the counties up on the website yet, that's essentially why. <laughs> we don't just pick a a case and Google it and take the first couple of things that pop up. We do extensive research before we actually put those case card summaries together or do a podcast episode. We exhaust every avenue available to us for research, um, exactly. including reaching out to the investigating agencies and talking to families um, or really anybody that, you know, would like to talk to us and share information. So we try to put a lot of time and thoughtful effort into what we're doing. Right. Um, so that's another reason why it takes a little bit longer for us to kind of get some things up is because it takes time to do all of that research and make those phone calls. So, you know, we, really really appreciate the patience and the help that you guys are always offering and the information that you send us and the cases that you send us because without those we couldn't be doing what we're doing um and we couldn't be doing it without you guys either so it is incredibly appreciated more than we probably would ever be able to express with that in mind and forgotten we'll be on a break starting this week We'll be off the airwaves from July 3rd to the 19th. During this time, we'll be working on all of those things that we just discussed, our new episodes, fine-tuning our content, make sure we have the best possible experience for you for our episodes. Like we said, you know, this break will also give us some time to catch up on some behind-the-scenes tasks that have kind of fallen to the wayside since the podcast started. But fear not. We won't be leaving you hanging long. We'll be back on July 20th to resume our regular schedule. In the meantime, we encourage you to listen to our previous episodes, catch up on any that you maybe have missed. It's a great opportunity to revisit some of the cases we've discussed and join in the discussions on the Alabama Cold Case Advocacy Facebook page or on our Patreon channel um, or the website. Um, and we'll include, of course, all of the links in, in the description to follow. And we've got almost 30 episodes up now. Oh, it's crazy. It's, we know that we're only technically on episode 20, which was Riles. Um, but some of those have been broken down into subparts. So altogether, I think there's 28 episodes, maybe. I believe. So we've got yeah. quite a few. It's been a busy year. It has been. <laughs> we also wanted to take a moment and express our gratitude for your continued support. It's because of listeners like you that we're able to grow and make a positive impact. We appreciate your understanding and look forward to sharing more cases with you soon. We're also thankful for our freedoms here in the USA. And as we observe Independence Day tomorrow, we hope our fellow Americans enjoy a safe and happy 4th of July holiday. Thank you for continuing to be a part of our journey. And we'll be back with a brand new episode on the 20th. Until then, remember, justice may be delayed but the victims and their families remain unforgotten.